Good evening, folks. Welcome to the Grid Iron Crew podcast, an NFL podcast made in Scotland by NFL lovers. You are listening to and watching the review crew. I am your host, Brian, the conscience of Cleveland Donlan. It's week two, folks. We have had two full weeks. It's actually two full weeks as well because we're recording a day late today because we had some issues yesterday. So we've actually had the chance to watch Monday night football for a change. So we had two full weeks of NFL glory to keep us going. This week, we are going to be reviewing five of the big games for the weekend behind us. But don't you worry, as always, we are going to make sure that we cover our kickoff question and our statistic of the week. And remember, you can stay on board with all things Gridiron Crew on Twitter, on Instagram, on Twitch, on YouTube. Chuck us a like, chuck us a subscribe. You can catch us wherever you get your podcasts from. Now, as always, I am joined by some of the finest and some of the shiny newest crew members tonight. So first, he is a resident mountain man, but he has come back down to earth with a bang, just like his beloved Bengals. Stu, how are you doing, sir? Um, to be honest, I'm. I was doing pretty good. I kind of had some time. I had some time out there at the weekend. Uh, as you say, I was off in the mountains. I was up in the Rockies, kind of a place near actually Rocky Mountain House. So I was up there doing some hiking. And uh, let me tell you, it was kind of very Lord of the Rings esque because it was as if I was trying to make my way down out of the M and Wheel. Um, if you if you know Lord of the Rings, did you catch any of the passes that burrow over through your way or anything? Did they? Did they <laughs> well, no. I mean, <laughs> no. I, I see your point with that. But thanks, Brian. I know you're gonna. I haven't spoke to you since actually we played uh, week I've one. So waiting. I've been waiting on the ribbon kind of thing. I've been waiting for it coming. Uh, you and your Browns pounding well, us that first I, week. I'm but... too big for my boots this week, unfortunately. Right, well, I'll tell you what, we're going to go for one man who was high in the mountains to another man who was flying high for a whole four snaps, and then the fifth snap happened, and that wasn't the snap that he wanted to happen. Uh, it is John. How are you doing, mate? I'm, I'm really good, thanks. Uh, bit disappointed after the weekend, but we'll get onto that later. <laughs> that, don't, don't you worry, that we will. That we will. Um <laughs> Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tricky time to be a Jets fan. You had all, all that hope and now you're being um, mill-funded into, into irrelevance again, probably. It's always yes. hope. It's always hope. Um, right, but as I say, a, a shiny new crew member with us as well tonight. Uh, so he joins us from the Asleep at Work podcast. Uh, but don't worry, he is awake now and he's here to tell us all things Lions. Welcome, Fletch. How are you doing, mate? Tell us a wee bit about yourself, um, who you follow, how you get into the game. Yeah, so uh, I am what would be called in general terms a masochist. So I've decided <laughs> about 10 years ago that I would be utterly ridiculous and support the Detroit Lions. But I do feel like I feel in good company with a Browns and a Bengals fan. Like I've never and a, felt and so a Jets fan. <laughs> and a Jets fan. Never felt so at home. This is there's going to be a whole section of the podcast where we just like get big cords of rope and whip ourselves over the shoulder. We clearly exactly. all hate ourselves. So, uh, yeah, so I, I support the Detroit Lions and I have done since uh, for about just over 10 years. I, I kind of got into the Lions one again through kind of pure torture. I support Manchester City in regular football. I don't know what you're thinking over the last 15 years. I've been a City fan for a lot longer. I missed the dark times, so I went... As long as you're a City fan in the 90s, it's okay. Um, But kind of... I I also... I love love music. I'm a sound engineer. 
Um, I've I kind of grew myself up on hip hop and why I got into it through Eminem. It happens. So, but obviously, then got into Detroit. I met I met a lot of wonderful people from Detroit over the years. So I've kind of felt a love and an affinity for the city, which unfortunately also added on the the only city with all four major sports teams, and all of them are shit. So, well, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, as as you mentioned, I'm from the Asleep at Work podcast. It's uh, kind of a, a podcast I produce through my own company, and um, I just I talked to. British NFL fans have had one of your own guys, Dan, on recently, just talking about how you discover the NFL, why you choose your teams. Because again, like coming across a, a Browns, a Bengals, and a Jets fan, they're not the most popular teams around the world. There isn't that kind of New England Patriots over the last twenty years. You, there isn't your Chiefs over the last few years. There are literally dozens of us out there. Dozens. dozens <laughs> and and but there's not that whole kind of. You, you know the ones who, oh yeah, just so happened to support the Chiefs over the last couple of years, or oh, the Patriots a couple of years before accidentally. that. Um, I know a couple who also started supporting the Bucks about three years ago. I wonder why. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, to be fair, I'm considering starting to support the Bucks now. That's just Baker, yeah. Now that Baker's there, yeah, I'm <laughs> I can join that ship. Right. Well, thank you very much, Flitch. And I'm looking forward to getting to know a lot more about oh, your, your thoughts and your, uh, your feelings about games, particularly week two, and a lot more in the future as well. But as is tradition, folks, we yeah. are going to get things going this week with our kick-off question of the week. Now, it kind of leads into one of the games we are going to talk about earlier, so I'm not going to try and steal too much thunder for that, because it will come up. But this week, we did see the New York Giants pull together an absolutely incredible comeback victory. So, gentlemen, my question to you all is, what is your favourite all-time sporting comeback? Now, it can be in any sport, it can be recent, it can be far off into the past. What do we think? Everybody loves everybody loves a comfy behind win. Everybody loves it when the, when the underdog gets one over on the, the favourite. What is your favourite Comfy behind victory, uh, John. I'll start with yourself, mate. What is what is your favourite comeback you you can think of in all a sport? I think uh, the one uh, I'm a big uh, football fan, so uh, the, it was actually a, a game I, I was at. It was uh, an Edinburgh derby, and we were four two down in the ninetieth minute, and we managed to score two goals in like two minutes and it was just absolute mayhem uh, and and the, the stands and stuff it was just the comeback was it just didn't look believable and stuff eh? it, it, it just took my breath away and stuff eh? and it, plus it was the first Edinburgh derby I was at as a person so hey, we love it we love it we see that, that's got a bit of everything because it's got the big sporting rivalry it's got the being down with very little time to go, and it's got the drama, the drama in the stands. That's what a yeah. good comeback needs. Uh, Stu, I'll come to you, Fletch. You can remind us off on this one, mate. Stu, what is your, your big comeback? See, that, 
this one's pretty pretty tough to choose one because like I'm a not only uh, Fletch I'm kind of like you I'm a bit of a masochist like because uh, I'm also a Kilmarnock fan so like not only do I support yeah. the Bengals I support the, <laughs> I support Kilmarnock as well and and soccer you support uh, the mighty Kilmarnock the mighty Kelly I Kelly I Pie is uh, my fantasy <laughs> team name online just to give them some shout out or I'm doing pretty well probably better than Kelly this season. but anyway digress no Dig- like. I think if I have to choose one, though, I'm still I'm going to go back to the NFL, and I'm totally going to recency bias here, and I'm going to say from a couple of years ago when we were playing the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. So obviously not last year when we lost, but the year before when uh, we came back and won in the second half. Because like to be honest, I knew we were playing well and we looked good, but going by the way Studs was talking, uh, Mister Chief. It sounded like, you know, he kind of thought, he thought it was done. The Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl again. It was all over. But the the way we came back and the way we were able to close it out and the way the defence came up really big and just Luan Arumo with like his, worked his magic, rejigged things, had us kind of sitting on top. And then you had Money Mac able to kind of, you know, send that, the kick in over in overtime just for us to win. Yeah, that, that was uh, quite special, mainly for a, an in-the-group fantasy rival reason as well. So, I, I, yeah, I, that's my I, pick. I enjoyed that one primarily because I enjoy watching anybody that studs follows lose. Um, so that was that, that was that was pleasant for me. My one, I'm going to keep it with with, with with soccer football primarily because I just love saying this club's name. So it was the what one of Celtic's comfy behind victories in Europe, beating Shakhtar Karagandy. Karagandy. Celtic two 0 down in Europe <laughs> actually came back and won away in Europe, which in and of itself is a bloody thing. Uh, but coming you back, see, you, you uh, scored on. You scored a goal in the road. I know. More than one. I mean, a, a Kelly fan, I can't talk because last time we were in Europe, it didn't go well. Uh, right, okay, so that was mine. Fletch, you're going to round us off before we get into the big games of the week, mate. What is your number one sporting comeback story that's just got a wee special place in your heart? Yeah, I've I've mentioned I'm a Manchester City fan. I think the there's only one answer realistically, and it's a, it's Aguero against QPR. Yeah, um, <laughs> I knew it. There can't be anything else. It's still one of those moments that, like, yeah, I've I've said it enough time in public. I'm not going to embarrass my wife or my daughter anymore by saying any more about it like this. But um, it's yeah, the being two one down with four minutes to go. I was living in Old Trafford at the time, literally around the corner from the year, from, from from the stadium. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful, and I think that the amount of sports fans who Manchester, not even Manchester City fans who I've spoke to over the years, who've gone, I will never forget where I was when that goal went in, and I had no dog in the fight. It, yeah, it it can't be anything other than that one for me. It's the, it is the magic of sports, ladies and gentlemen. There's nothing quite like a big sporting come from behind. As you say, the drama, the tension, and then that absolute, hopefully, elation and not deflation. Uh, it's hopefully your team's the one that did, made the come from behind and you weren't caught from behind. Uh, that, that huge relief you get is, is something else. Right, well, folks, that is us. Nice, nice and loosened up, nice and warmed up, ready to get going. So it's time to talk about the games of the week. Now, as I said earlier, we are a little bit late this week. So we're very, very sorry that we weren't out yesterday and we weren't waiting for you this morning for your walk to work, your train ride to work. It does mean that we can make mention of all of 
week two's slate of games. Now, we are going to go through, as we do, five of the games. We're going to give them a wee rundown. What are big moments from these games were? And then we will do the rest in one. So, we are going to get started with John, who's going to kick us off tonight. And John, you are going to walk us through. It was Thursday night football. It was the the so close to the Super Bowl, Philadelphia Eagles, or so close to the ring, Philadelphia Eagles, yeah. against Daddy Cool Kirk. But Kirk is something else in prime time, as we all know. So, talk to me, mate. Talk me through the Vikings-Eagles. I think... I think the I'll talk you through the the, the big moments was uh, Devontae Smith two monster catches uh, and you, you've got to give hats off to to Jalen Hurts as well he had like the the monster arm to to throw the balls it, you don't you don't see much from him to be honest eh? it's usually like uh, it's usually the the rushes we're we're talking about uh, with with Jalen Hurts so. That's uh, my first point. Uh, I think uh, other point is you've just talked about Kirk Cousins uh, turning the ball over prime time. That's him, isn't it? So uh, nothing more more to say on that matter. But uh, positive for the the Vikings is uh, they traded for TJ Hawkerson last year. Guy's an absolute beast at tight end. One uh, star. Yeah, he's a monster. I think he's like the he's he's going to take over the the mantle from the the likes of uh, probably the the two top tight ends. Uh, if you're talking fantasy, is probably uh, Kettle and uh, Kelsey. Uh, so uh, that uh, I think going back to uh, Jalen Hurts probably. Probably got the the best uh, QB push uh, from like less than three yards out. They'll they'll hang always on, do hang that. On a minute, hang on a minute, John. Are you trying to tell me that the Philadelphia Eagles deployed a quarterback push? Yes, I am. Heavens <laughs> forfend! <laughs> oh. Yeah, <laughs> they they perfected that. Like uh, the. Other teams try and copy it, and they, they feel miserably most times. So, uh, do, do, like, see, as a point, do we think this is because like does Jalen Hurts just have like like a really like juicy ass that makes it easy to grab and push? Is that <laughs> is that the secret? Is does, does he wear like those? You remember those like for the for the early two thousands? Those like uh, joggies you used to get with juicy written across the back end. Is that what Hurts has going? No, Is that I what makes it work? No, no, I think it's uh, something like uh, I think he's got a deal going with uh, Kim Kardashian or something, eh? something or, or along their lines and stuff. Eh? Uh, I think it's uh, she. Oh, John's John's oh. disappeared and he's real. Oh. He's nothing. And he's and he's also switched sides. <laughs> that was oh. quite interesting to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, oh, I think the uh, another like. Two, two players also to talk about uh, for the, the Eagles as well. Uh, Jake Elliott getting a sixty-one yard field goal. Uh, starting to see mon- these more of these monster uh, field goals. Uh, obviously, uh, I think Justin Tucker still holds a record for the the longest field goal. So uh, I think it was sixty-six yards. Yep, was it Mr. No, Automatic was it- himself. 
was it not 68 yards and he's done it twice or something like that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Don't uh, talk about 60... that, please. Brian. Thank you very much. I, I, the less we talk about that, the better, please. Thank you very much. I, I mean, I, again, again, in the mutual massacre, like, you know, the whole masochist thing as well, like, we have to play Justin Tucker twice a year. Twice. And I, twice I've watched the man every game against us just be Mr. Automatic kind of thing. Although we'll talk mm. about, about that later when we get to the Bengals game. But yeah, I, I totally understand the Tucker pain. No, but right, like the worst John, thing I'm going to give you a last bit. This is my last question for you, right, on, on the, the, the Vikes-Eagles game. Because I like to take a piss out Kirk Cousins too. But Kirk Cousins, that game, went 31 for 44, 364 yards, four touchdowns, a passer rating of 125.6. Surely. And yes, yes, there were fumbles. Yes, he made some critical critical mistakes. But surely, surely this one lies solely at the feet of a Vikings defensive unit that allowed DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift <laughs> of all people to put up 175 yards. Yeah, I think uh, I think if you can't uh, if you can't get off the field, like uh, we'll we'll talk about that in uh, in my team's game later. But if you can't get off the, the field, then you've got big problems. Uh, you, you you can't you can't do uh, if you. If Kirk Cousins is sitting on the bench or, or whoever, the, the whole offence is sitting on the bench, then they're, they're not going to be scoring points, are they? So uh, it's as simple as that. that uh, it's a simple terminology. And I think uh, to give the Vikings a bit of a, another shout-out, uh, I think uh, the rookie uh, wide receiver, Jordan Addison, got mm-hmm. his uh, first t- touchdown. Yeah, so uh, I think that... Uh, yeah. to end on a positive note for the Vikings I think that's a good uh, 72 yards and a touchdown for Addison yeah. certainly looking good so far this year yeah so. right okay thank you very much John right we are going to move we are going to move from the from prime time to Sunday and I have to bring him down to earth with a bump because as you say this is no, it's okay but because I'm sure I'm sure Stu is going to tell me that it's still the pre-season in week two <laughs> uh, <laughs> Talk, talk me through divisional game, no less. Second divisional game in world. Ravens uh, and Bengals. Talk to me. I mean, you know what? I'm going to like kind of because originally this morning I thought I'm going to be going on this today and I'm going to be talking about the sky is falling, everything is doomed, the forests are all burning down, the tigers are on the run, and they've, you know. We're done, kind of thing. But after, because I rewatched the highlights or whatever of the game this morning, I realised that doesn't show you the whole picture. I actually saw a lot of good in it as well. And fair play to the Ravens. The Ravens just executed, kind of thing. Lamar looked fantastic. And again, maybe I'm, maybe it's just like a bit of the whole Stockholm syndrome thing. But I'm a big <laughs> Lamar fan. Even though I'm a, a Bengals fan, I'm actually a big Lamar fan. So I like. I, I if we're gonna lose, ladies and gentlemen, I can qualify. Stu has consistently. For a while, being a big fan of Lamar, he's not at it. He's not jumping on a bandwagon. He has no. consistently shown love. Yeah, because like I mean, that's the thing though. Is like if we are going to lose to the Ravens, I would rather see it be through Lamar playing great, uh, their defense doing well. You know, just that kind of thing. And the same time for us leaving nothing on the the pitch. And 
what I would say is that for the Bengals, yeah, originally I was going to come on here and have this big rant about how we're completely screwed, but I watched it again and was like, you know what, it's week two of preseason, so I don't think we're screwed at all. Like, by the time, you know, there was a few good drives in there. Burrow, even with the injury, is he's looking better. Um, the passes are getting through. There was a bunch of clutch plays to Higgins and to Chase. There was that one pass that could have been a touchdown that Chase just couldn't hold on to. And I mean, again, that was just good coverage by the cornerback. So I can't really, you know, can't really fault Chase there either. But Burrow put the pass in the right spot. Um, what I will say, and this is my slight, whilst I still have time here, rant regarding injuries. Do you remember all the way back in the preseason where we had an episode where we talked about backup quarterbacks? Yes. And who was there? Yeah, and one of the things I talked about was, well, okay, easiest job in the league, but during the actual preseason, not the 0-2 start preseason that the Bengals are going through, um, I talked about how Browning and Seaman, like, uh, or Simeon, however you pronounce his name, <laughs> it might not be Seaman, yeah, I'll say yeah, Seaman, oh no. but, eh. but <laughs> anyway. through after that special, yeah. Yeah. Yep, but um, yeah, basically I talked about how both of those guys had to really go for it during the actual preseason, you know, once Borough was injured, to try and stake their claim for that job. Neither really impressed me all that much. And now that we're two weeks in and we've lost both games, and Borough apparently did, he looked pretty rough coming off the field at the end. It's a soft tissue injury, so as we all know, it's like you can't strap those, you can't really do anything, you're just hoping it gets better. And it's not going to get... Is Stu building up to we need to bench Burrow for one of the backups? Well, what I'm saying is we do not have that option. <laughs> but I think because it's like we, we've left ourselves short and that's like one thing during the summer was I looked at it and went, okay, I, d- I didn't think we should be going and grabbing like Gardner Minshew or someone like that. But at the same time, I was sitting going, there were decent backup quarterback options floating around that maybe we could have invested a bit better than we did. Like, no offence to Jake Browning, um, he is capable, but he does it more with his legs than his arm. So teams know if Burrow goes out and Browning goes in, we know that the ball's been run. So right now, until Burrow is better, we might be hooped. But are we going to end up injuring him? That's now my worry, <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. But Burrow looked good. And, and, well, and it is the big thing, but because you've had to cope without the Burrow injury or with Burrow being injured before, and I don't think copes really the word. Um, and to be Game. fair, that's, that's, a, that's a bit harsh because you take any team's starting quarterback out and they're stuffed. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but there's the element of protecting them. It's, it, what a, you know, I'll put them on to you as well. Are you worried about Chase? That's another game. Where, what did they come away with in that one? What, five receptions, 31 yards? That's not, that's nah. not, that is not the near far wherever Jamar that we know and love for last year. Where's the I connection? Mean, I mean, I think it's probably it's one of those things where, again, watching back this morning and, you know, in the cold light of day and stuff, he was getting double teamed a lot, which obviously he knows that's what he is and that's what's going to happen to him. But it did mean guys like Higgins and Irv Smith, who maybe could have ruled another couple in, but he is, he's looking like he's starting to get a connection now with Burrow, which is nice. But T Higgins played very well and Tyler Boyd, yep, kind of limited targets, but the guy's clutch kind of thing. Like you throw the ball his way when you need a first down, he's probably going to bring it down kind of thing. So for Chase, I'm not worried. Like he's going to, there's going to be a game soon where he explodes and he goes for like 200 yards and gets like three touchdowns or something. But I I think it does come with the territory though. If you're going to be basically double teamed, 
you're going to leave other people open. So I think we're maybe seeing more a result of that rather than, oh, no, Chase has suddenly lost it because the guy's uh, not lost it. It's coming. Let's just say it's coming. It's, 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 as soon as he stops thinking about those elves that have been tormenting them, he'll be <laughs> That's uh, that, yeah. They keep on elves. <laughs> They're on his brain. <laughs> oh, okay, folks. Thank you very much. Um, we are go- we're going to move on. We're going to keep it moving. We're going to keep, keep us going. And we are going to go to Fletch and he is going to talk to us all about his beloved Lions and the battle with Gino and the boys from Seattle. Fletch, talk to me. Put your heart on your sleeve. Tell me how. Tell me about the Hotsmith. Everywhere. I, I don't know what goes <laughs> on. I don't know why of everyone we can't stop Gino Smith from looking like prime Dan Marino. It was the same under a previous regime where Mitch Trubisky would do the same thing. All of a sudden, he'd be the best quarterback to have ever played the game as soon as he turns up. But I think we had a. I'll be very honest. I think there's a very similar to most games. There's a lot of positives to take from it. It's a game that we lost last year, 48 to 45. Looking at it this year, by the end of regulation time, it was 31 31. So we were a lot of points better off in terms of defence this year. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing that cost us, though, was was we lost the turnover battle. I think it was it 2-3 to nothing. Uh, Goffrey was pick six. Yeah, David Montgomery with the fumble, very which gave them short field position. The defence couldn't cover a couldn't cover a nosebleed. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what the, the, well, I'm making up phrases on the spot here, but like, the defence couldn't cover anything. The the D line was t- was I wouldn't say terrible because actually looking back I realised what was going on. Our interior defensive line is to the point where no one cares. Absolutely nobody cares. Mm. The only worry you've got is Aline McNeil maybe playing on the outside. You've got a bit of Romeo Aquara coming on the outside. Josh Pascal was missing, and Aiden Hutchinson. So Aiden Hutchinson's getting chips on the first block and then getting double teamed. At that point, our edges are ineffective. Our whole D-line's ineffective. Geno Smith's got 12 years if he wants. He can have a cup of tea and a biscuit and then throw it, waiting for someone to get waiting for someone to get open. So, to be fair, Geno's an older gentleman as well, so that's actually exceptionally considerate of him to give him that it time. It is exceptional. And the fact that they've also gone to the retirement only found Geno Smith in and found another old lineman who's like 41. I think he's still 41 yeah. now, like... But I, you look, it was, it was a great... If you're a neutral, it's a great game because it was... Yeah, it was. Off, offensively, it had everything. It had some big plays. It had a lot of the the kind of marching up the field. I think coaching-wise, Dan Campbell made a couple a couple of mistakes. There's, a, there's the fourth and three where he goes for it, gives them short field position. And when your defence can't stop a cold... Uh, oh, sorry, can't stop, like, fucking... I don't speak out, whatever. Um, when, when you defense can't do anything, you right. think I'm more ways to say can't stop anything. When your defense can't do anything right, the worst thing you can then do is go, right, okay, then. Well, we'll just give Seattle as little field to go down as possible because that's a useful thing for us to do. But it's one of those, again, like I say, it's one of those games. The both sides of the for you neutral watching it. Both sides of the ball, very exciting. As a Lions fan, though, I can't help but be disappointed because, despite the two missed field goals from Seattle, I feel like we we there are points where we leave 
we, we left a lot of points out there on the field and gave kept giving Seattle good field positions. We threw away the character getting called for us because apparently we brought back a ten. We, we were ten points behind at some point in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's all well and good, but we were seven points ahead at the half, three points ahead yeah. at the quarter, at the third quarter. Like it's all well and good saying well done. We came from ten points behind. We were that. Yeah, but we also came. Seattle also came from behind in that game, which it should have never got to that point. So, so the, my, tell you what, my, my big question then with the, with Detroit at the minute, are you worried that you're basically going to become a wee bit of a sideshow team? Now, but what I mean by that, because we all know Detroit on offense, Goff has looked, frankly, electric. He's looked great. He's looked really, really brilliant. Amon Ra has looked fantastic. Uh, yeah, okay. Gibbs hasn't got going yet. Everybody was very, very excited about him. It's kind of been the Monty show. Um, that, I reckon, most folks see Detroit are being reasonably sensible and they're just going to ease Gibbs in as the season season progresses. But as you said yourself, you can't stop a nosebleed. And we all know the old saying, offense wins games, defense wins championships. Do, do you have the worry that un- unless you address the other side of the ball, you're just going to get into these exceptionally entertaining games? But keep getting stuffed at the critical moment. I don't think so, no. Because if you look last season, the defense was even worse than it is now for the first half of last season. Then, <clears throat> like, can't stop a nosebleed now. We, whatever we couldn't have stopped it last, we couldn't stop anything last year. And we were giving up those. I think the the Eagles we gave up nearly nearly forty points to. The Seahawks we gave up forty eight to. There was loads of games where we were giving up loads of points, and then in the second half of the season, as much as you never want to see anyone get fired, we fired Aubrey Pleasant, the DBs coach, and all of a sudden the, the whole the whole backfield looked different. And that's when you talk. You're talking in that second half of the season. Kirby Joseph became Aaron Rodgers' father. You're talking. Um, <laughs> The amount of the defense, especially the DBs, looked a completely different team. So, and I know that through watching over the last couple of years, Aaron Glenn, if he can do anything, it's change as the season goes. He's not good at starting anything, but he's a great fit. He's great at finishing and making the adjustments as he goes along. We've lost a couple of guys out through injuries. CJ Gardner Johnson out for the season, potentially. Tracy Walker's back, who missed half the season last year. Couple of guys not looking great. I think I think we'll be fine. It'll be a rough couple of weeks. One thing we're good at is stopping the run. I think we're a top ten run stuffers. And at the end of the day, we've got Falcons at the weekend, and all they have is the run. Um, yes, yes, and, yes, they do. Yeah. Yes, they do. As little confidence as I have in, I say as little confidence. I'm not overly confident about our DBs, but I'm confident. I'm confident against them if we can force Desmond Ritter to throw. I think that's okay. We can deal with that. So strength and for a quarterback, that's very, very uh, unpleasant uh, trait to have. Right, okay, thank you very much for that. We are going to keep it moving, we're going to keep rolling. We're going to go on to our next game. And for a lot of people, this was the big game of the week. Stu, you are going to talk us through this one. We are going to talk about the G-Men. The G-Men and a bit of a surprise package. Uh, The the Cardinals who have not looked for moments like a complete tyre fire. Um, They've sort of looked like a passable NFL team, uh, despite their record. 
Uh, so, Stu, talk to me about New York, the G-Men, and Arizona. How did that one play? You know what? This is one of those like classic um, games of two halves. As you would say, it was very reminiscent of what happened last year with the um, the Vikings and the Colts. Yes. Kind of thing. Like, because when I was watching it, I was like, this is totally reminding me of that. Like, in the first half, you had the G Men just seeming to bumble and fumble and screw things up, like, all over the place on both sides of the ball. Dimes looked like the bad dimes, you know, the, the one we've seen, it was all the bad overthrown time. pass. Yeah, <laughs> it was the bad dimes and the bad bad times with Daniel Dimes. Um, you know, he had those... Danny Nickel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of things. So it's like you had the overthrown passes, he had kind of, you know, runs getting stuffed, the, the play calling wasn't good from the G-men. Um, you could sort of telegraph whenever they were going to try and run it with Barkley. So Arizona for that first half... You know, their defence even stood up well. And that's the one thing I would say with them is, you know, clearly they're a team that's in flux. Uh, they went for it hard the last few years to try and win and never got anywhere, which was kind of a bit of a bit of a tyre fire. Murray's out injured, so they have, uh, the, you know, the young guy, Dobbs, is in who, by the way, like, first half, he looked absolutely incredible. I was like, what's going on here? He's like, you know, spraying passes. You've got Hollywood Brown looking like the Hollywood Brown that used to terrorise yeah. the Bengals. You've got Ertz, uh, you know, tight end. Like, I think I'm just looking at the, the stats. Yeah, he finished with most of joint yeah. most yards. Yeah, 56 yards, kind of six receptions. Wilson, he had another uh, three receptions you for 56 you, you yards as well. Yeah, so the, anyway, like Arizona in that first half, like they were going out, they were doing everything they had to do. And then to the point that they go in at the break and they're like, what? They had, was it 20 to 7, 20 nothing? I think uh, it was 20 it nothing. It was, uh, yeah, 20 nothing. 20 nothing. 20 nothing. So then we go to the second half and then all of a sudden the G Men decide they are going back to the preseason thing again. The G Men decide preseason is over. And all of a sudden, guys like, you know, everyone's kind of hot take, maybe not hot take, but kind of big pick for tight end or, you know, possibly like breakout kinda, or having another fantastic year is going to help Dimes. Waller shows up, starts playing kind of thing. Dimes and him suddenly realise, oh, wait, we can, I could throw the ball to you and you're going to catch it. So the G-men start getting first down. This is allowed. Yeah, and then you've got Barkley. He also suddenly goes, you know what, I'm playing now. And a few of his runs were absolutely fantastic. Like he's like dragging about three guys along with him, getting those first downs, getting extra yards after it, just plunging on. And anyway, it keeps going kind of thing. And the Arizona defence, to go back to what Fletch was saying earlier as well, it's that same thing of they just couldn't go off the field. And you could see them getting tired and you could see them slowing down and then mistakes start happening in coverage. And all of a sudden Slayton's coming into play. He's making big catches. And before you know it, the G-Men have won. And uh, what I will say, and I'm going to bring it all the way back to the start, the very first possession of the game that the Cardinals had, the ground out, it was a good drive, but the ground out slightly early. Prater misses the field goal. Yep. That was the very first drive of the game. It was won and lost there. Yeah. <laughs> Just to put it all on his shoulders. Like, if it, I mean, it was a, uh, what, 53, 54-yard kick or something like that I think he was going for? Like, no, I mean, look it up. It, was, it wasn't an easy kick. It wasn't easy. He didn't miss. He shanked it. Yeah, he completely shanked it. And that's the thing is, it was one of those where I think he was trying to make sure he had the distance. And because of that, he just, you know, and trying to put his boot through the ball, he ended up just hooked it off to the side completely. I mentioned mentioned 
about the Seahawks game where we didn't go for it on a couple of fourth downs because we've had kicker problems. Lions fans yeah. talk after. Look, if there's anyone I, I know as a kicker, it's Matt Prater, and he's normally yes, money, money yeah. from 50 yards. It doesn't really yeah. matter. Uh, so we, we were talking about it. Then we were going, what if we got Matt Prater back and then he misses that? And he's like, nope. Yes, yeah, I don't know if he was overthinking it or something because I... You know, I same as you. Like I always thought, Prater from right. You know, fair enough. It's not a fifty-eight or a sixty-yarder. It's like okay, he's he's kind of round about that fifty-yard mark. It's like it should have been in. So it's just that way. I, I realize it's anything happens in the game after that point. Who knows? But the fact they lost by three points, kind of thing at the end. You just go like that field goal might have been all the difference. Like you know, for how it went, kind of thing. Going in twenty-three, nothing up at halftime. Who knows what happens? Nope, still standing there, robot. Uh, right, oh, well, he's no longer a robot. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm done. My last point was on the kicker kind of thing. I just wanted to leave it on that point. But what a game, though! Like fantastic. Like it was an incredible game. It was a fantastic watch, and it needs to be said. You know, it's the we kind of alluded to it at the start. It's what set up our kickoff question of the night. Biggest comeback since 1949 for the Giants, which you know is a hell of a thing, and you know they're much maligned. They've been taking a hell of a slagging off because let's not kid ourselves on. They went through six quarters of football and were 60 nil down. Um, yeah. <laughs> first six quarters of the season. Uh, but hey, you, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter who you're playing. Is uh, one, of the, one of the chaps, Murdo, giving me a shout out, one of our resident Giants fans, I was um, definitely not taking a mick clean out of him uh, and trying to take a bit of shine off the victory, saying it's only Arizona. Listen, Arizona might not be an incredible team. Arizona ain't going to get no Super Bowl this year, but there's no mugs in the NFL except the Browns. Oh no! But yeah, um, just, and I would just yeah one. Team. Yeah, one one last thing on it. I mean, I know I mentioned him already, but like big shout out to Dobbs. Like I was impressed yeah. by him. Like he he did very well, and uh, also Mister now doesn't seem to have glass ankles anymore. Connor. He did a lot. He put that team on his back, like that game as well. Like he, he really looks good and is making sure Arizona are competitive. So, props to him. yards and a touchdown. You cannot ask more from your running back than that. Right, yep. brilliant. So, thank you very much. Now we are on to our final game of the week, ladies and gentlemen. It is time to talk about Broncos country. Let's ride. Uh, it is all about Denver and Washington, Broncos commanders, from one game of two halves to another. Uh, and John, you are going to run us through this one, sir. So talk to me about Let Russ Cook. Yeah, that, that was exactly my my, my first uh, point, was uh, as, uh, Sean Payton uh, got Russ Cook in again. But... Has he really? Because it's, it's a, the, the problem. The problem, like that he had last season, is he was turning the ball over too many times, and that that's exactly what he done in in that game. Uh, I think the like the positives. Uh, if you were a Broncos fan, was you you obviously got to see Russ playing fairly well. Uh, Marvin Mims had a an an absolute game like I think it was pretty similar to the the point I was talking about like with uh, Devontae Smith uh, earlier like uh, two players who were who had mon- monster weeks uh, another but uh, another point I was want to bring up as well was uh, 
maybe in the the, the second half is uh, Sam Howell. Is he maybe going to be this year's Brock Purdy? Mm. Uh, two. Yeah, so Sam Howell this week went what is a quickly glance at his stats 27 of 39, 299 yards, couple of touchdowns, took a couple of sacks. Um, which you know, he's young, he's inexperienced. Yeah, these guys do that. Um, yeah. but yeah, in uh, no picks, clean, you know, kept that clean, didn't fumble, uh, did he fumble it? Yeah, one fumble wasn't lost though, mm-hmm. fumble that, that, that was recovered. Uh, so yeah, enough. Another player who had a good game as well was uh, Brian Robinson Jr. He had a stormer yes. of a game. Uh, I, I do like the, the ground and pound game at times. Eh? It's just, uh, it's old school football in my opinion. So, uh, And uh, I think you can't finish this game without talking about like the, the final drive of the game. Uh, the, the hot potato. That's how I would call it. It was like a hot, or, or should I uh, go more Scottish on it and uh, call it a, a hot tatty? Hey, so, it's listen. That's the kind of thing like we talk about a lot. You know, I mean, things that you things that you love the game for. That's one of them. See, like yeah. a hail mary pass. Literally, it doesn't get more dramatic. End of regulation. You're winding it up, and whoop, somebody's gonna get it. And then when it hits, what? What was it? Four sets of hands it hit before it yeah. could canal down. Magical, the, absolutely the, magical. That 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 actually reminded me. Sorry, Fletch was uh, like Aaron Rodgers, like Hail Mary. It reminded me of like that that play a lot. So sorry. Right, Monty Christ, John, we want Fletch to come back on. Uh, <laughs> don't be don't be hangs up like that. Now. Um, hi, hi. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you do what you want. <laughs> Sorry, right, he's gone now, mate. He's gone. He can't hurt you. He can't hurt you anymore. Um, at least not twice a year. Um, so yeah, it was you know one of those ones. It did finish. The, the commanders came back, came out of that one on top. Um, Russ absolutely cooked first half, and then they really, really fell away. So <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean a lot's been made that Sean Payton coming, turning Denver clean around. It's all going to be better now that he's here. Are we seeing it yet? Are we seeing it in two weeks that, that this is not the Denver for last year who were horrendous? Because, you know, let's not kid ourselves on. They're no better off this year than they were last year. They're still 0 2. Yeah, like, I don't think they're. Uh, I think it's good. I, I think it, like, there's no argument that he's a good coach, uh, but it's. It's hard work turning like a, a franchise round. Uh, let's not get away from that. Like, I think all four of us sitting here could probably vouch for that. So, uh, it's not an easy job. So, uh, he's got a you big can, job. In can I make a reference to the fact that historically all four of our teams have been um, less than successful? Yeah. Just a bit. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> thanks, thanks, John. Thanks for sugarcoating that one for me, Chief. Uh, right. Okay, mate. Thank you very much. Now, folks, that draws our games of the week to a close. Now, we are not neglecting the rest of the week to slate, but frankly, as we've said before, I don't have enough change to put in the lecky meter to run this pod long enough to do every game the way we would like to. So it's time for the rest in one. We went through it last week. We had a laugh with it. Gentlemen, this is all about summarising Three hours of joy in football into one sentence. 
It's not easy, but I have faith in each and every one of these. Fletch, yeah. you are going to kick us off, mate, and I'm going to ask you to give me the Houston indie game in one. What you got for me? I'll give it in two words. Minshew Mania. Yes. He has such fabulous hair. He's he's, he's, he's everybody's uncle that your parents don't like you associating with. Uh, Stuart, we're coming over to you. Uh, sorry, no, we're not. John, we are coming over to you for the next one. It is Tampa Bay and the Bears. Yeah, and uh, Vita Vita eats bears, I think. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Uh, Stu, now we are coming to you, and I've not actually forgotten. It is, uh, it is Jacksonville at KC. Stu's, Stu's went silent. Stu's went mute. Am I still Stu's hit the button. He's found the button. Try again, Stu. What I was trying to say there was... um, I've lost my joke now, so I'm just going to basically say what I saw. Say what you see, kind of thing, in true true kind of fashion. Um, Yeah, the the Jaggers made them work for it, didn't they? That, That they did. That they did. Right, okay, hopefully, we'll, we'll hope that Stu's going to be smooth on the next one and he won't hit a random button. Fletch, I'm coming I'm back to you. It was the Falcons <laughs> at Green Bay. Give me it in one. No love for love. Oi! Oh, that's <laughs> good. We do, see, as, as people that, that podcast about the NFL, we, we really owe Jordan Love a debt of thanks for having the surname Love because it just lends itself to so many shit jokes. Any, any major British newspapers want me for headlines, I'm... Aye, I'll available. Find uh, me on Twitter. We, fine. Yeah, we, we only take a small commission. It'd be fine. Uh, John, going to come back to you. The Bills and the Raiders. Well, uh, to sum it up in one was uh, they don't really like honouring their, uh, their their old players, do they? Because uh, Takeo Spikes was honoured, then given the worst seat in the stadium. <laughs> Now, this is a great one. If anybody hasn't seen this, this is well worth sticking into Google because he was genuinely one of the worst seats in the stadium. It's, it's absolutely embarrassing. Like, you, how, oh. how does that even happen? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, they, they, they raided the good seats for him. Uh, right, okay, Stu, we are coming to you, the Titans and the Chargers. LA's defence couldn't stop the charging Titans. Oi. Stu is also available for work on headlines, although not at high quality newspapers like Fletch. <laughs> for the Rams and the Niners. 49ers home game in LA. Ah, yeah. yeah. Again, there's another one every day. A lot of red shirts. A lot of red shirts in that crowd. Yeah. Uh, right, okay, John, it's your last one. It's your beloved Jets. The Cowboys and the Jets. I'm very sorry we couldn't give you more than a one line for it. Although, to be fair, I'm fairly certain you're reasonably happy. You don't need to talk about it for that long. Give me it in one, mate. I think uh, I've got one line and it's uh, Dak and Parsons, MVP. (laughs) Dan will be happy to hear you say that one. Uh, Right. Stuart, it's the last one for yourself. Um, it, it was the East, it was the Pats and the Dolphins. Give me it in one. Strange things happening, but Colton couldn't make the twist to get the first down. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> also, also, ladies and gentlemen, there's layers to that one. There's layers. To that one. <laughs> Sorry, I had to go for that one. <laughs> right. 
It is the penultimate, the penultimate game of the weekend. It was Monday Night Football. It was Carolina and the Saints. Fletch, what you got for your last one? Can I go to bed yet? That was one of the <laughs> that was one of the sloppiest, worst games I've watched in a long time. And I'm just going to recap this real quick. Have you ever watched a game that's really low scoring? And I, I guess we've all watched this for a long time. We love the sport. I'm myself. I can appreciate good defensive games, right? And I can tell what sometimes games are low scoring and it's great mm-hmm. defense. That was just fucking awful from start to finish. <laughs> <laughs> neither team hey, wanted to win. They're both going for first overall. <laughs> uh, uh, right, okay. It's going to wind up with me. It has to be me to finish it off because it was the Steelers Cleveland game. And Pittsburgh stole my chubby and left me floppy. Oh! Brian, I didn't actually even, you know, I was waiting to bring up the chub thing, but I just, I no. couldn't bring myself to do it. I feels like kicking a puppy. Like, yeah. I think I would rather, be, I'd rather be 0-2 right, right now so than have your 1-1 one one record. Let's not talk about <laughs> no kicking chub. anything because chub can't kick anything. Uh, right, okay guys, thank you very much That was the rest in one folks Right, we are drawing towards the end of the podcast Ladies and gentlemen So it is time to wind things up With our statistic of the week Now I am bringing this one to you Even though Stu's here I'm still stealing the thumb. I know <laughs> I thought of this, I mean... I thought of this and I liked it um, So we, we're, we're back on the Cam Akers trade merry-go-round Because it has been announced That he is going to get traded there are multiple teams who are courting the idea of trading for him. My beloved Browns amongst them. Um, but it seems every year we're talking about Cam Akers getting traded. So this is, is less a statistic of the week and it's more a question. You all get one answer each and that is your whack. I'm not having any of the multiple guesses. Given we're back on this trade merry-go-round, who is the most traded player in NFL history? Now, I'll give you I'll I'll a wee hint. It's an active player, and it is a tied. It's a tied record, so there's a butt that comes here as well. But it is a active player. I'm not giving you the position. It plays on the plays on offense, uh, and is the most traded player in the NFL. When it's no Eagles, not yet anyway. Anyway, the anybody want anybody want to be brave and kick us off with a first guess, or do I need to go like it's my day job and I'm a teacher and just pick folk to answer? Gotta go, it's my day job and I'm not teaching uh, <laughs> I knew you were gonna do it. <laughs> John, John, who's your guest? The most traded player. He's active, he plays on offense. No telling your team, Snack he's away. I've technically not. No, nah, I've not. Nah, okay, uh, no. Stu, gonna come to you. I'll give uh, Fletch can get the thinking time because he's the new boy. Stu, who are you going that- for? This answer's wrong, but it's the first person that entered my brain Odell Beckham Jr. OBJ, hey, it's a shout. He's seen a few trades in his time. Hey, that is incorrect. I can confirm. That Thought so, but and yeah. um, he won't be far off it though. Um, <gasps> Marvin right, Jones. Uh, <laughs> I should have said that. Marvin Jones. <laughs> Marvin Jones is amazing, and I love him so much. I uh, love Marvin Jones too. He's one of my favourite Um Right, point for What you got? Right, he's in. Uh, right, I want to take a stab of the dark. Eric go Dickerson. Say it again. That's an interesting. Eric Dickerson. Now, do you know what? I'm going to give you it. No, it is Eric Dickerson is the tie. So, oh, Eric yeah. Dickerson 
and Brandon Cooks are the oh. most traded players. What? In the okay, yeah. Four Cooks. Yeah, yeah. Four I should have thought of Cooks. Four trades each. Now, yeah. and this is where the buck comes in. Uh, Cooks has went Saints, Pats, Rams, uh, Texans, Cowboys. So he's went for the Saints to the Pats, Pats to the Rams, Rams to the Texans, Texans to the Cowboys. So he's traded four times. Um, Dickerson went. Rams, Colts, Raiders, Falcons, then kind of went to the Packers. He went to the Packers, but he never actually played for the yeah. Packers. So he doesn't quite get away with it. So it's a tie for each. There you go. There is our statistic of the week. Cam Akers might be on the trade block again, but he's not the most traded man in the NFL at the moment or ever. That man is Brandon Cooks. Hey, well, Brian. Brian, just before, just before you end it, some breaking news for you. Uh, Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt is it? Visiting the Browns. The, the, the issue is he's not what we need. He's not a power back. I love Hunt and I love him. As a uh, but he's also, but he's also, he's also not, he's also not Cam Akers, and he at least knows the system. So this yeah. is very true. Um, the 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 Browns are clearly going to be in the market for somebody. I reckon we'll bring somebody in. It'll be yeah. some form of committee. Um, but the season is over. Um. Uh, anyway, on that cheerful note, uh, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. That is the end over. of our podcast <laughs> for this evening. Uh, so thank you very much for joining us. And, and I'm, you know, I'm, I said this last week. I'm going to say it again because I enjoyed it. I don't need to say the crew will see you through anymore because it's not the off season and we have football to look forward to in two days. So folks, week two uh, is over. We bring it to a close, um, but we will have football back Thursday night when the Niners are taking on a resurgent New York Giants. And we'll wait and see. <laughs> after after one good second half, I mean they are resurgent. It was very good. <laughs> I'm anointing them Super Bowl champions elect. Um, so folks, that is all to come. Remember, the preview crew for week three are going to be with you on Thursday evening. It has been fantastic to have you all with us tonight. Stay with us for future episodes. Remember, you can keep up with the crew at Twitter via at gridironcrew. You can find us on Insta at grid underscore iron underscore crew. Help join the community. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Get in touch. And I should actually have said earlier, a big thanks to to DigsBTW7 uh, on Twitch. Hello, mate. Apologies we never got to your message earlier. Great to get you have getting in touch, engaging with the show, and you can do the same, ladies and gentlemen. Chuck us your thoughts, chuck us your opinions. We love to hear them, and it helps inform things that we talk about on the show. So, with that, we're going to wind things up. John, thank you very much for being with us this evening, mate. John, this is traditional when you say cheers, good night. John zoned out. John, John John, John's no no he's 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 lost his sound kind of thing. He messaged on the side there. Again. God love him. Uh, yep. Stu, thank you very much for being with us again, mate, for climbing down off your pedestal, enjoying those low low lives in the lowlands. Uh, thanks for having me. Um like I say, I, I literally ah oh, there's John waving now. He waved. He's got no sound, but he waved. Um yeah, I, I literally rolled in here about 20 minutes before we were starting, so I was a little kind of rushed on. So sorry if I yeah. if I maybe uh, wasn't well, as quick off the mat as usual. But thanks for having me again. Uh, and last but by no means least, Fletch, it has been your first time joining us in the crew. We hope it'll be the first of any. Thank you very much for joining us, Chief. Grateful for having you. Uh, I may not, but if, if anyone's not from here, I'm not actually Scottish, but I I like Iron Brew, so I feel like I'm. Kind he's of he's, he's covered. He's covered it. <laughs> you might you might have noticed. 
that his accent does give his lack of Scottish heritage away justice. <laughs> right, with that said, folks, I have been Brian the Conscience of Cleveland Donlin. This has been the Grid Iron Crew Review Crew of Week 2. Thank you very much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Good night. <laughs>